0: Michael here, and I'm back for another postseason LEGO Masters interview on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters. This time, I was lucky enough to get to sit down with finalists Caleb and Jacob to break down everything on the season, just like I break down the LEGO News Weekly on my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks. It was so great to get to talk to Caleb and Jacob, but there's more LEGO Masters postseason interviews coming soon, so be sure to let me know who you want to hear from next. And with all that out of the way, let's jump into it. Well, you're not seeing double just because I have a couple of twins on the podcast here, but I'm so excited to have them both with me. Welcome to the podcast, Caleb and Jacob. Say hi to everyone on the show. Hey, hey, hello, hello. Well, I'm so, so pumped to be talking to you both. Uh, you were obviously a fan favorite of mine throughout the season. I know you both know. Um, but one thing I did want to say was a quick belated happy birthday. And the only reason why I know this is because 10.01 was the code that you had to input to the calculator in the first episode of Lego masters during the Lego day parade. So that's the only reason why I know it was just your birthday.
1: <laughs> Someone is taking very diligent notes. Even I had forgotten about that. I just awesome. do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yes, I was, I went through all my notes. I was telling them, uh, you know, prior to our podcast, but I figured, um, this is my best way to show you that I, I take all this so seriously and that, uh, you know, this isn't just any old podcast that you're on.
1: <laughs> Help me impressed. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> Let's see what else you figure out for us. I know. I know. We'll have to see how many little tidbits I've got in the in the tank here. But uh, I wanted to, um, you know, also ask you, since it was just your birthday, uh, you know, are, are you too old that people don't buy you Lego for your birthday? Or do they buy you Lego for your birthday?
1: I didn't get any Lego for my birthday uh my wife bought me studio lights which is something i need more than lego because i I do have a lot of lego (laughs) i don't have (laughs) great lighting yet i i bought myself lego for my birthday i suppose but when you buy lego like every other week it's bound to line up pretty well
0: anyway yeah exactly
2: (laughs) what about you jacob actually I did get Lego for my birthday. My girlfriend got me Lego. So I was really surprised that Kale didn't get Lego. Oh,
1: whoa, what did you get? I heard uh, so about this.
2: Here, um, I got the the Walmart set that has like the Lego Masters thing on it just Uh-oh. because of that. And then I got um just the Creator Shark three-in-one set. That's cute.
0: Yeah. Uh, very nice. And it's funny that Lego Creator set, or the Lego... um classic set that's the lego masters like bundle from walmart it also has i think the set number like six 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 so I, I i kind of consider it like the devil's set um but uh, that's a that's a 100 yeah, weird... percent <laughs> is the set number i just looked at the box <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I still need to pick that one up either because, of, you know, I'm a big Lego Masters fan very clearly or because of that strange set number. Uh, one or the other, I think it's, it's a must have for anyone's collection. Oh. <laughs> um, well, good stuff. Like I said, super excited to jump into all this with you. But, you know, when, when, I, when we do these deep dives, I like to start sort of at the beginning. And I wanted to get a sense from both of you, you know, when, like, you know, how did you both get into Lego? We heard a little bit about it on the show, but maybe then how did you know you were going to take it to the next level that Lego was like a major thing for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So I always tell this story that uh, Audrey and I are going through a photo album, and I found picture of Jacob and I at age one and a half lying in a pile of quattro bricks. So <laughs> it, there's hardly been a part of our lives that hasn't had Lego in it. <laughs> it was like it was our second Christmas on this earth had Lego involved, which is pretty awesome. Um, and so, you know, from there it went to Duplo for a few years. Um, but after that, uh, our the first sets I remember having were Knights Kingdom Two, um, sometimes lovingly referred to as the Jelly Bean Knights. Um, But that 2004 Prisoner of Azkaban wave of Harry Potter sets is what really kicked off our addiction, I would say, to Lego. (laughs) Um, My favorite set of all time, I think it's 4575, or no, it's 4757 Hogwarts Castle, the 2004 one, came from that era. Um, Really good stuff. So Jacob and I loved Harry Potter specifically and we got involved with the lego club magazine competition uh which was harry potter specific and it wasn't like their usual competitions where they pick five winners for a hundred dollar gift card this one was pretty crazy um it culminated in us getting flown out to la for a live build-off against three other teams of two you know maybe this is good lego masters training. oh my
2: gosh um, actually but- some teams are solo oh that's there's, true there was yeah. a solo team there's oh
1: um, yeah i think there's was just one but yeah that was that was a pretty wild ride. And we ended up winning that whole thing, um, and I do believe that's where the recruiters found the two of us. Our names involved with Lego, and that's how we ended up getting on the show. Um, that is so wild. <laughs> it was it was an awesome experience. We when was this, Jacob? This was twenty eleven.
2: Yeah, ten years ago.
1: Yeah, so we were pretty young at the time. Um, but, I mean, we figured, we peaked. We did it. We did everything we were meant to accomplish with LEGO. We can <laughs> retire <laughs> uh, to casual building now. And uh, <laughs> that we all know how that worked out or did it. Well,
0: it's funny because not only were you into Lego competitions at such a young age, but you're also into Lego castle at such a young age, you know, the precursor to the eventual castle bros uh, title. So um, really like that was the biggest foreshadowing in your life. Like think about that when you're writing your memoir, Jacob, you know, so um, you know, that was how you knew. So uh, that's so amazing. You know, one of the things I'm curious then is it sounds like you were recruited by the casting you know, at least to get involved with the process, you know, was this something you couldn't wait to do? Did you ever think you wanted to be on TV?
1: good, you got this.
0: Yeah. yeah, so it was kind of a weird experience for us too. First
2: off, we never thought we'd be on TV. Like <laughs> the one thing, the one show we could have gone on TV for Lego and look at that. They made a show for it. So <laughs> we ended up on TV, but we were actually reached out to um, for season one by the recruiting team but we were both full-time students in college. We would have to drop the semester and stuff like that to go down to, I think it was out in California, they were filming the first season one and then we couldn't do that. And then season two comes around and COVID's a thing and all of our classes are online. (laughs) So we decided, you know what? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We'll make it work with college. So we are filming on like good 16 hour days while being full-time students in college, you made it work, but it was a lot of work. Caleb <laughs> seems to be questioning the make yeah, it work. Work gra- is a
1: strong word as in making it work because we graduated. Know, it, that's what matters. We graduated we're going to leave exactly. it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody cares about your GPA after a, after a few years, you know, so you're, you're all good, even though you guys got a 1.0 for a semester, but it's all fine. Yeah, um, exactly. Because you
1: Thank here. You.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so exciting. Um, and listen, like, obviously, we're, we're very excited to have you on the show. And so one thing I want to get a sense from you both is, you know, when it comes to all these challenges, they're so crazy. You've never had to compete in this. Well, most of you had and you guys clearly have a huge competition background with the Harry <laughs> Potter contest. But, um, you know, most people don't ever do this sort of Lego building. So I'm curious to get your thoughts. When, when any challenge was given by the judges, you know, how did you decide how you would approach any given challenge? You know, how do you think about, you know, coming up with your concept, the division of labor, you know, talk me through just the general process when the challenges came your way.
1: For sure. Um, The the show obviously challenged us to think in ways we had never thought about building before. I think something that we decided to do very early on because there was just so many people in the room was to try to do something unique and sometimes sometimes (laughs) it didn't quite work out, I think of like floating islands, for instance. Um, But especially um, when I think probably our make and shake build was a great example of just let's do let's find the most ridiculous idea and run with it tires (laughs) in our tower. Was, was the route we went for that one. That's when we really started thinking like, what can we do that at the very least will make us memorable? Because we realized these episodes are gonna get trimmed down to 43 to 45 minutes. And when you're competing with 22 other people for screen time, <laughs> it gets a little <laughs> hard. It, it, well, it's easy to be lost in the crowd right? And so our design process quickly became craziest idea. That's the one we go with. Um, and I, I hope that came across in a lot of our builds, right? The the hat, stupid and ugly as it was, was really memorable because it had the movement part of it. Um, obviously, our castle build with the collapsing castle, you know, we tried to think of the most extreme, to use Will's words, option that we had at our disposal.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very clear. I, you know, I have in my notes a lot about how you took big risks with a lot of these different challenges. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the make and shake challenge, there was that flexible base, you had those tires sort of meant to be shock absorption uh, in that challenge. But, you know, you were also in the bottom to that challenge, you know, a, you know, only making it to level eight, which seemed like a lot at the time, but, you know, certainly didn't pan out to be. You know, I'm curious, you know, during that challenge, you know, what went through your head when you were, you know, f- faced with this particular you know, uh, dilemma, did that really set you back for the rest of the, of those challenges to come? You know, that, that quick, you know, that was only like, what was that Episode three, you know, to get kind of a bottom two that early, you know, how did that feel at the time?
1: Definitely a wake up call. Uh, that's for sure. Um, I, I think especially, uh, it didn't deter us from doing crazy things. Um, I think mainly because Jamie was so excited about our concept. <laughs> and a lot of that, unfortunately, didn't make the c- cut. But he he was giddy during the judging phase. He's like, I, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I love the idea of it. And I, I and even when we were standing up there in the bottom three, he he said that you guys embodied the spirit of Lego Masters during this challenge. It's thinking crazy outside the box and doing something that's never been done before. And so I think that moment actually served as more of a motivator than something to hold us back and that was one of the key moments that I think spurred our growth throughout the competition I think would that be safe to say Jacob
2: yeah there's like those two key moments where we had like those wake up calls but also like oh it's time let's Let's wake up and do better (laughs) about everything. You know, the other moment.
0: Yes, yes. Well, that was a classic for sure. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, um, you know, I guess like, you know, Jacob, you know, when you were looking back at season one, you know, one thing we heard going into the season from the Brickmasters themselves was that they really wanted to see people take it up another notch. And did you watch or did you think, wow, like the challenges in season two are just so much at that next level compared to what we saw in season one, especially all these challenges that had like a raw strength component or a very technical component you know was that intimidating to you coming off of what you'd seen in season one yeah there is definitely the huge
2: discrepancy like season one the big uh strength thing was the bridge challenge and then every episode here is like <laughs> there's gonna be some strength or technical thing oh how does it explode how does it hang anything like that and um Honestly, we were not big technique builders before this or strength (laughs) builders. So we had to adapt, learn pretty fast. At least like there's the general understanding of everything. So we could make it work. But yeah, it was definitely a more technically based season than just playing creativity, so it would reach also a wider audience too. Like mm. feel too of of yeah. builders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like you know, I think uh, you know when we were going through the season, we sort of felt like there was so many technical challenges, and we sort of missed more of the artistry, more of the storytelling challenges that we had from season one. You know, was there a challenge from season one that stood out to you that you sort of wish you could have gotten your hands on? You know, now coming off the show, maybe.
1: Yeah. Um. I I love the cut in half challenge. I think that was. We saw some of the most creative builds out of that challenge. And I would have loved to have had a chance to have done that one or any artistic challenge for that matter. Um, <laughs> I re- I remember somebody um, asked me this question, which was your favorite strength based challenge of season two. And I had to go down the line to find one that wasn't because let's see uh, episode one, I guess is <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> one of your only options. And then episode nine, the landed sea challenge is like, it was pretty intense in that regard so i we did miss a bit of that artistic side unfortunately
0: yeah for sure but listen you you still did some amazing artistic things even in your season you know the one thing also i feel like you guys were somewhat known for i, I have in my notes is telling some bold stories um you know i talked a little bit about the lego day parade challenge with a lifelong expedition your float um you know i i'll just tell you what i wrote down in my notes at the, during the episode which is first of all you got an animation love that but it says Two explorers trying to get a diamond ring, escape from a diabolical camera and a sneaky sneaker. A calculator asks for the code, their birthday, 1001. And then they get the diamond ring to bring to the temple to restore peace to the land. Uh, You know, so you guys had a lot of fun, I think, with the storytelling, even though there weren't storytelling challenges. You know, Certainly it felt like maybe, Caleb, you got a big kick out of this sort of stuff, you know, being the TV personality of it all. But, you know, how how did you feel about like this, just the way you were able to infuse some of that fun and storytelling into your builds?
1: That was huge for us because Jacob, let's be real here, was just coming out of his dark ages for coming on the show. <laughs> And so we were really channeling our childhood together, right? Where we had these crazy role-playing scenarios down in the basement where nothing made sense, but it was all <laughs> whimsical fantasy fun. Um, and those are my fondest memories growing up, you know? being with Jacob living out these crazy stories through Lego bricks. And so it was really cool to bring some of that energy onto set and tell these really fun stories and that I think a lot of kids could could feel and get behind, you know. It, it uh, it's just absurd, funny and enjoyable. And that's what we wanted to bring a fun levity to the show and I I really think the storytelling was a great place to do that.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, and listen, I, I think you, I always say you guys had that like youthful energy, you know, certainly I, I, you know, I even said it to you, I think in our p- other postseason, you know, coverage, I felt like you guys had the most fun, you know, during a lot of the season, you know, was there, was there a moment, uh, Jacob, I'm curious for you, like, you know, wh- which challenge was the most fun for you?
2: Well, I think, The most fun would probably where it started off is like where we really got into our stride and I got really truly out of my dark ages would be (laughs) um, around episode the, the one hanging brick would was where we were like completely in sync, we had timing down everything and I could go into the the thing that I like building random little stupid story elements like those little bugs that we threw all over <laughs> the island or like the farmer shooting the bug off on the bill anything like that and that's really when I hit my stride and was more comfortable with everything and it was just really enjoyable and honestly it wasn't that hard of a strength challenge so that made it a little <laughs> easier too not as stressful
0: yes yes well i feel like that's what you always want is like to feel like you can get into flow you know that they say that that's when you work the best and so i feel like you're doing something you like something you know um and you know and and then you can just have more fun with it um so yeah i definitely can appreciate that um you know the you know the one thing that came up during that challenge specifically was that there were two floating islands there was yours and mark and steven's floating island and we heard from them a little bit in the um in our deep dive with them that you were that they were going to do bugs and you were going to do bugs. And like, there was like a million things where you sort of were just like chasing each other's ideas. Um, But, you know, anything else just uh, from your perspective about how that went for that challenge?
1: jacob has got a good story about a certain gnome, I bet.
0: Yeah. So there's, well, first off, Caleb was going
2: over to Mark and Steven's table a lot, communicating like, Hey, what are you guys doing? So we don't copy you. Eventually (laughs) we both had bugs in the end, you know, they had their butterflies. We had our, our, Big Bad Beetle Bugs, I Big, think bad well. beetle bug. <laughs> is what we call them. And so we didn't have gnomes. So as a nod to them, I made a little garden gnome and I put it at the way top of our island, just hidden in like the the random plants growing up there sadly didn't make the cut but we made sure to make that mark and steven knew it was there that was
0: right. <laughs> yeah very meta and then yes. d- can i assume that big bad beetle bugs is a Beetleborgs res- reference from the 90s or early 2000s i forgot when that came out no, no maybe just coincidence not. okay there's a tv <laughs> show i'm rewind. probably dating myself there was a tv show called <laughs> big bad beetle borgs And so I thought maybe that was a reference, deep cut. Uh, Hopefully someone listening uh, can appreciate that reference. But, um, you know, one of the things I'm curious to get your thoughts about was you know, like you said, there's little elements about all the builds that we didn't get to see. You know, what are some of your favorite, you know, other Easter eggs or other things that maybe we didn't get to see on the show?
1: Yeah, there's another really good one that I know a lot of viewers did pick up on. Um, but for our collapsing castle, we have, there's a giant pre-built cliff. And Jacob, in this moment of just inspiration, uh, decided to make a microscale sunshine wagon driving off the giant cliff into the water. Which was had a poetic beauty to it. How, you know, (laughs) we had finally embraced our failure uh, and we're just going ahead with it. Um, and Will just loved that we had put that on there. And it was so sad that it got cut. I, I really was looking forward to that part of the episode. <laughs> um, but I think that was probably our favorite Easter egg by far. Yeah.
0: Well, and also the sunshine wagon, you know, to those who may not remember, was their derby car that drove off, but you know, it's a, uh, I'm surprised they didn't show it because they loved showing that clip. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised that, that, you know, just for that reason alone, it didn't make it in. Um, but Jacob, was there anything else that stood out from you from your builds that we didn't get to see?
2: Oh, we just had. We played a lot into like our finale build too. Had just a lot of those random little stories, like on the bottom level in this city. There was interiors to the rooms with like the strobe rave lights, as Caleb called them, where <laughs> just random stuff. Up in the night section too, there's just random little stories we had included in there. We really liked doing things in like minifigure scale where it was easier to like tell those stories and add those quirky little details for if you get closer you can find them also i guess in the i think it was shown a little bit in the episode but on the episode four one there's like the cave where all the bugs were coming out of with like their eggs and whatnot i think
0: that was in the animation at least though
2: oh yeah the hanging brick yeah yeah
0: yeah well you know one thing i wanted to talk about was um a couple things i sort of feel like went a little under the radar Uh, Which was one of them was your hat's incredible challenge, which is you had all the baked goods were like incredibly well built, like really detailed. And so, you know, I I sort of feel like they got lost in like the big white, you know, hat that you had built. But, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts, you know, because when you're trying to think about how you go through the brick pit, there's so many pieces available. You know, how do you build those things with intricate details that, you know, you've got to find a one pink this and one yellow brick of that and, you know, like all that sort of stuff. I'm curious to get your thoughts just about how something like those little, you know, macaron and donuts and and all the little details that you had there came together.
2: Yeah, I guess I'll take this since I was the one in charge of building all the desserts. (laughs) But um, yeah, the macarons was like a a difficult thing, especially finding like two different shades of the same color in small scale. So (laughs) I had to make some sacrifices on the color end. And there, I think some of them, there's like a one by one is the wrong color because they didn't have it. But uh, it was just like, And also I needed to find a design that would work in multiple color scales too and find like three colors that I could use for everything. Um, Oddly enough, uh, speaking of those macarons, a random side note, I was tasked (laughs) to make one off camera. Don't know what ever happened to that one. yeah. Don't you remember that, I do
1: remember that. It was going to be like some sort of, I wonder if it was like a Lego life sort of instruction sort of thing.
2: Who knows? There are some sketchy techniques in the interior of that (laughs) that you probably probably didn't like.
1: (laughs) Um, But I do think that was the thing about the brick pit, you know, more so than anything else, the plate selection was fantastic. You know, you're looking at a lot of the other smaller detail pieces, the color variety especially is not so hot, but I believe they had every color of one by one plate currently in production on set. It was insane how many, like, so you could build anything you wanted if you were willing to stack thousands of one by one plates on top of each other. But (laughs) so that's why the, the macarons worked out the way they did, because there was enough plates to do it if you had the time. So we got quite a good color variety in there. But yeah, I remember hinges especially were really difficult to come by. There might've only been black and white hinge plates so yeah there's i think there's
2: tan maybe but trying to think because the pies had hinges on them
1: okay you could have just got real creative too
2: yeah
0: (laughs) well yeah well a lot of really creative building techniques you know throughout the entire uh season but one of them i wanted to point out in terms of these sort of like maybe underrated elements or little lesser known elements was in your land and sea challenge you know you got highlighted on the show for using those flex tubes Uh, to great effect uh, to create all those different curves. But I also feel like that was a really uh, underrated build from both of you in terms of even the phase one of it all where the lobster looked like you just pulled it out of the stock pot, you know, and the chameleon, you know, were such great builds. You know, I'm just curious to get your thoughts. um, You know, what was it like putting those two together and more importantly, working separately? If the one challenge we had to work separately, it was luckily a creature
2: build. I really only like building organics, so <laughs> I was I was in my world there, like especially just coming out of my dark ages. Luckily, Caleb. Prob. I was worried about what Caleb was thinking about me. That came across in the show, in a little bit. I was like, I don't know. I'm I'm doing fine, but I'm not sure how Caleb's thinking about how I'm doing. But <laughs> yeah, it, luckily it was organics. And a funny little thing was. Like during it, I'm like, I have a general idea of what a lobster looks like, but then I was like, wait a second in the brick pit, there's a lobster piece. So I pulled out the miniature lobster piece just in case there was any lobster details I was missing. So the lobster piece has six legs on it. Turns out lobsters have eight legs. So that piece (laughs) lied to me. Luckily, no one caught on. Everyone thinks it looks like a real lobster and everything, but wow, it's missing two likes.
0: <laughs> that was so smart because, you know, one of the things I talked about with, I remember people in season one was how when they were building like the, the gymnastics, you know, unicorn or all these other crazy things from that storybook challenge that they have no reference that, so, you know, you can't pull up a picture on the internet of one of the, what any of these things look like, but by picking a, a, a character based off of a piece that exists, I feel like that was like the ultimate hack to the show, you know? So I'm, uh, I'm very impressed by the strategic move uh, there. But yeah, that was a, it was like, I remember when you were um ripping the tail off of it during when you were combining things and you had it like held up by the tail. I really felt like you were in the kitchen. All you needed was your white chef hat, I guess.
1: <laughs> Who knows what after that, I'm pretty sure it was destroyed, but. Oh, I hope I, it was.
2: I feel, <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm not wearing that again. <laughs> Me neither.
1: Oh man, but. I, that moment, you know, when the teams came around the wall for the first time is one of the coolest moments again, that didn't quite make the cut. Um because I legitimately had no idea what Jacob was churning out back there, and I was, yeah, I was terrified. And I, I loved his lobster more than any of the other builds. I mean, the, the giraffe was gorgeous, but it was so so small. Um, <laughs> Ooh, <but>
0: shade. <laughs>
1: they could take it, those Lego masters. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> but the the lobster is beautiful. I mean, the, the detail on it, I was so impressed. Uh, it was really cool to see my brother do that. And we talked about this before, but that was the largest solo build he had ever made in his life. <laughs> it was just pretty cool. So not bad at all, considering the circumstances there, bro. No, not,
0: not bad, bad at all. One thing I did want to ask you both about was, you know, you got an awesome animation for that build too. And at the very end, there's these little baby you know camilla lobsters you know that come out and i just want to know did you build those cuz i cuz it was hard to see during the actual show
1: no um that was uh, probably my favorite surprise um cuz you know we were on set. We know what happens, but this is the one thing that's shipped away, and we have no idea what the animation is going to look like. We obviously do that narration for it, but the little baby camellia lobsters come up, and oh, man, that ooh, that that was so adorable. I'm <laughs> definitely going to be making some of those and putting them on display somewhere. So I don't know who made those, but I, that was really, really fun to see.
0: Yeah, because I'm, I'm glad I noticed it, because I don't remember it during the regular judging phase. So I was like, were they hidden in the log? Was there something I missed? Because I'm one of those weirdos who has to pause and make sure I get all the details for the podcast. I was like, where did those baby Camille lobsters come from? So I'm glad we could put that one to bed. (laughs) Well, good stuff. Well, you know, one of the other things, you know, that I wanted to go back to was, you know, how, you know, we talked about you took a lot of big risks during the show. And you know, one of them was during that uh, bricking wind challenge, the portal to Atlantis, you know, you came out and said during the challenge, it's going to make it to 60 miles per hour, which to me always says, it's definitely not, they're probably going home, you know, like from an editing standpoint, I feel like that's like the classic move. But you said at the end, you know, our over engineering paid off when it did make it to 60 miles per hour. So I feel like this was another one of your somewhat underrated builds, you know, it was a really detailed structure, you know, maybe uh, if, I, if we can throw a little bit more shade to Mark and Steven, a far more detailed Atlantean structure, you know, than their make and shake challenge. But I'm curious just to get a little bit more behind the scenes from you both on this challenge in particular. Well, I guess. Um,
2: so the over-engineering of the propeller blades was something that I freaked Kale about at the way end right before like oh, everything yes, is going yes. <laughs> to happen. But so we, we made our propeller like really thick at like where it connected to the actual tower. So that was the key part. And and then the blades were attached by Technic <laughs> and everything, so seemed pretty sturdy. And then af- after we're done building and time's up, at had a moment of panic, I'm like, huh, this one part might break, because if, a, if the wind hits this blade in the wrong spot, the hinge could pop off or something. And then I told this to Caleb, Caleb of course is like, what, what, <laughs> what's going on here? And then turned out it was fine. Um, but actually what I think kept it on is that we had that nice circular disc uh, right in the center there. And the, a lot of wind was going against that, so there's more pressure there than there would be on like parts that would make it pop off. So
0: we were all good, Kale. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um. I. You know. You, you talk about like you know, kind of freaking each other out in these sort of moments. You know, we saw some of the stress between Mark and Steve and his brothers, kind of getting snippy at each other. We didn't see a ton of it from you both, but did that happen on set? You know, where uh, you're sort of bickering, like classic brothers deal.
1: Uh there's definitely moments. Um, and I, the editors were so gracious to leave. (laughs) These moments out. Um, Episode two is one that definitely stands out where most of the teams were at each other's throats. Um, I think. There's a few reasons for that, right? You know, episode one, we're all just kind of getting used to things. And there's there's that at least a 50% chance that nobody's going home at the end of the day anyway, right? But we know episode two, the stakes are a lot higher. Someone for sure is going home this time around. And there's less time to build a more complex build. And so tensions were, tensions were a little high that time around. Uh, I'm trying to remember any other, like, we never had it so bad i mean i never like tripped over like the extension cord connected to our finale builder so (laughs) i gotta stop throwing shade i love mark and steven (laughs) i really do We, we got along with them pretty well i know we're constantly at each other's throats also during the show but uh yeah we it's a it's a good it's a good thing yeah do you remember any other moments jacob we had
2: like moments where we disagree on like the what we're building there's a actually in the finale we had i the concept we were struggling with but definitely it was just like just those little moments and then we're like we'd figure it out make it work because we're (laughs) under a time pressure we gotta make it work fast
0: for sure, for sure. And you can always pull the you know what I'm gonna tell mom, you know, and so that's always it's always an option as a brother, <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. I've learned.
2: <laughs> so can't true. really do it there because of we probably couldn't tell our mother I, anything about what was I going on.
1: Call <laughs> down the director, say, Someone call my mom. Jacob's being mean <laughs> to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, you mentioned, you know, Mark and Steven, we talked a little bit about you guys uh, to them. So we got we got to talk about them to you guys. And, you know, um, you know, one of the things th- that we saw was that you worked together during that Puppet Masters challenge. And, you know, it definitely was an interesting kind of um, face off for who was going to build a dragon. I think you both wanted to build a dragon at one point. And so they were sort of like, okay, we'll build a dragon. You can build a princess, guys. Like, you go build yourself a princess, um, which I thought was a, an interesting strategic move. But I want to get a sense from you how that went down because it was one thing I forgot to ask them about about that sort of Who got to build what?
1: (laughs) So the way I remember it going down, um, Jacob and I were at our table by ourselves and we were thinking maybe we could do a dragon, right? Um, Because again, we are castle guys and we love fantasy. And so it seemed like a, a good idea. And we knew that we were going to partner up with Mark and Steven. And so it was just a matter of who was going to approach who. And so Mark and Steven approached us and they said, we're thinking about doing some, some, maybe a pterodactyl. And we're like, okay. And like, you could do like an Explorer, Johnny Thunder sort of puppet. And we're like, ah, okay. We were thinking about doing it a dragon. And then Mark and Steven were like, Whoa, that's a great idea. We'll do a dragon. Maybe you could do a knight or something. (laughs) And I was like, bro. I'm so glad we didn't do a dragon because their dragon is so beautiful. And there's no way we could have done anything quite like they did. Instead, we created the monstrosity that is Princess Samantha. And <laughs> as much as she is nightmare fuel, I love her to death because because of those sassy rolling eyes and the eyebrows, um again, I think we made something you know that was not the best looking puppet on set, but it was it had some real personality to it. It was authentically Jacob and Caleb, right?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know, good techniques with a little sprinkle of chaos, you know, I think, I yeah. think that's what you that's the signature style.
1: (laughs) That's a beautiful way of putting it. I'm going to steal that one for me.
0: (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. Um, Just quote me. Uh, No, just kidding. But, um, you know, one of the things (laughs) that I remember during that episode was Will giving you a bit of a pep talk about saying like, listen, whatever you do, just commit to it, you know, because, you know, committing is like half the battle. And you definitely committed to Princess uh, Sassy Samantha. Uh, But, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts just about Will. I feel like you both had a lot of a, a great connection with Will, probably more on-screen moments uh, with Will than many of the cast. So I just want to get your thoughts about what it was like to work with him or joke around with him.
1: Will was a lot, episode one. <laughs> I, there's, there's a reason our interaction with Will, episode one, just was left on the cutting room floor, right? It was, it was awkward. It was forced. And I was like... Who is this guy? Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and it, it took a while. I, I, I'll be honest with you to warm up to him. He, he just had a lot of energy, obviously. And we were stressed. And we're two awkward, antisocial individuals. And we were just struggling to get on the same page. But I don't know the moment when things clicked um but after that moment i think will coming to our table became one of our favorite moments of our time on set right um there were so it was probably you know when he started stirring up beef between us and mark and steven right (laughs) i I think that's when he figured out like what how to how to get us to you know come alive on on camera right um, but there were so many great moments i i, I love the sleeve ripping thing just like goofy <laughs> things we do together um yeah and it was i really i really miss not having him you know in my basement you know pepping us up or being goofy because uh genuinely hilarious guy uh i have a lot of respect for will and you could tell that he was truly invested in what we were doing and that meant a lot because you know he had a few heart hearts with us because jacob and i you know we got down on ourselves a few times Um, i remember especially in episode 10 when we were building our ski lodge i was just not feeling it and will came over and he's like guys you got this you're doing great (laughs) Uh, and it felt awesome. It was, he was great to have on set, you know? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I left, I left Lego masters with really great opinion of will went home, binged all of Arrested Development working on BoJack Horse.
0: Oh, classic. Yeah. I feel like, um, I remember talking to Maria a little bit about that, where she was like, so, apparently such a fan of his, that she would get him to say all of his classic lines. So, uh, I always, uh, I'm always very envious of that because I was a huge Arrested Development fan. So uh, I feel like I would be very starstruck and I, and to this day, my podcast with Will and my, like, you know, the eight minutes, I was able to talk to him is like a career highlight, a life highlight of mine. So the fact that you guys got to spend, you know, eight hours a day with him, sometimes I feel like uh, I'm very jealous of. But you know, Jacob, you know, you were a big part of that flip my block challenge, you know, where you had the ski resort. And it was a lot about that mechanism, the ski chairlift that wasn't working. And I'm just curious to get your thoughts, because I sort of feel like that was the concept that kind of got away from the two of you you know, where, you know, the challenge has sort of started, uh, I think, spiraling and taking on, the boat was taken on water. So I just want to get your thoughts about what it was like in that challenge. Yeah. So the ski lift was a very ambitious thing. And actually, Jamie (laughs) came up to us
2: and told us like, you're going to make a working ski lift. We have, we've tried to do that at Lego. We, we have not been successful. And so, well, uh, we're going to try. The real issue with it was the, the chains that I was using, at least were the right idea, but like getting them to angle down and not hop off the gears they were on was the issue. I figured that out. But then when I wanted to attach chairs, it would keep popping off again. And I would rather have it moving than it popping off mid judging. Sure. And so I was just like, you know, chairs, chairs burned off when the volcano went up. You know? <laughs> that's, that's going to be our story here. Um, yeah.
0: But Well, and the story for that one was was very fun. I I have notes from that one here, too. 978 Frostburn Drive, ski paradise built on an active volcano. And my favorite line of yours, uh, Caleb, was have a cup of java and ignore the lava. (laughs) Um, So that was a ton of fun. But of course, I think the big highlight uh, of that moment was those snakes. You know, the nice parts usage component of the challenge, you know, was a really tough one. And, uh, it was, it was by far the hardest part. Um, but, uh, but obviously yeah. you had quite the reaction, Caleb. So, so take us back to that moment if you can. <laughs> Why
1: did it have to be snakes? Oh, but <laughs> it was yeah, very
0: Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: It, it, I, I felt like Indiana in that moment, you know? Um, I'm looking across the room and I see Mark and Steven pull out, you know, the cups, right? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's workable. And then I see the, the snowboards, which made great roof tiles for our build. Even if we couldn't use actual snowboards for the, our NPU. And then to our left, we have the, the, the cotton candy, which is, it's just the perfect piece. And I, <laughs> I'm so happy for them that they got that. But the biggest thing about all these pieces is they have at least an anti-stud on them, right? and then you have snakes which i guess is a sort of bar does it really function <laughs> well as a bar of course not it's got like scale patterns on it and so and just because of the size of that piece too they filled the crate right there's just more snakes that there are going to be snowboards and sure, sure. and just I, i'm looking at that just the amount of time it's going to take to attach these snakes is going to eat up an hour of our already pretty minimal build time. And I'm just filled with dread. And I remember, Jacob, we're going to put this to the side and we're going to hope the idea comes to us later. And I I remember just pushing it off for hours and just (laughs) pretending it didn't exist because it wasn't worth it. And yeah, eventually the clock keeps going and we had to think of something. And our idea was, let's make a volcano now. And... I, I, story-wise, that was huge for the build. I think that added so much character. Um, and, of course, it, it saved us in terms of snakes, too, you know, um, because it was able to eat up most of the snakes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was great. And listen, like, you, you got to work with what you got. The show must go on, as they say. And I think you did an unbelievable job of that. You know, one build that obviously I feel like was a huge highlight for the two of you was that cliffhanger challenge. You know, it really felt like the ultimate culmination of everything you'd like built and learned during the, during the whole season and with your collapsing castle build. And, you know, I recapped that episode and I pointed out every little detail from the, ba- uh, the colored banners that went all the way down the bridge. And on one side, they were blue. And on one side, they were red. And like just so many little things that you didn't even have time to probably get a great look at in the show. But, you know, you know, I'd love your thoughts about this challenge because it really felt like you put a lot of yourself into it. So, you know, tell me a little bit about what we don't know about this one. Well,
2: first off, Caleb wanted to add another layer to the castle and I had to tell him no because <laughs> I wanted to get more detail, fun storytelling elements in there. So I rudely told him, no, we have to stop at two layers on the castle. And then, then he went and made like those, the blue and red banners with like the letter in them on the sides for the two knights. So that was, that was, see, it was a good use still, Caleb. Yeah, Um,
1: definitely. So we had Sir Bob. I can't, Sir Bob was blue and he had a big B on his blue banner. And then he was going up against... The reigning champion, Sir Leon, who is team red, and he had a big L on his banner. I don't think Sir Leon's name was ever mentioned in the show, but that's why he has the the L there. <laughs> um, so He's also that, taking the L. <laughs> he did, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, d- just really sprinkling that build with so many different colors and so many different minifigure stories. Um, and I, I think the ultimate success of that build is that it's very clear what's happening. Um, is ridiculous um, and absurd as it is, um, it, there's a very, very obvious story. This <laughs> crazy-looking fish is bringing down the whole joust and why these people are jousting in this dangerous spot is anyone's best guess, but I I could not be more happy with how this build turned out. Uh, we talked about flow earlier in this podcast and that was, I think both of us were in that zone. I remember going over to the table by myself and I'm like, I'm just going to build a castle. (laughs) And that's what I did. Um, and putting the tears on, um, And there's no like interior uh, on the castle or anything like that, but the exterior, we wanted to make super asymmetrical, um, lots of different windows and outcroppings and different shaped towers. Um, And it was really awesome to bring all these into a very cohesive, still very well composed looking castle. Um, There's the subtle nod to the classic castle era with the yellow that we used as the top color for the castle. Um, Dark orange is just my favorite color. And so the (laughs) other tier of the castle, of course, was dark orange. Um, This is the build that also had the Sunshine Wagon going off the cliff. Uh, We have a lobster plaster on the underside of the bridge. Uh, Just fun little details sprinkled throughout. um, Because this build really did end up being, you know, I, I guess... In some ways, our our finale, you know, our personal finale, our our peak in the show. Um, when because I look back, and, you know, we love our hourglass. Uh, we were happy with what we were able to do, but <laughs> I, the castle was just everything we wanted it to be, and it was such a positive building experience. Um, and obviously, we'll never forget what Jamie said that this is the best build he had seen so far in season two and that that was really really cool
0: yeah i mean it really was like a, a standout you know even for me as someone who just you know talks about the show but to your point like all the the asymmetry the unique colors you know like you said the rounded uh, towers the you know like all those just unique building things you didn't do it the standard way you know like mark and steven you know certainly they're the castle the former castle bros but a lot of it was very square and very regular yours was anything but and i really felt like that was Um, you know, such like a fun visual treat with so much interest there. You know, one of the things you mentioned, though, was that sunshine wagon, you know, that Easter egg, and I'm realizing we haven't talked about it yet. So, you know, coming off of the earlier part of episode six, you win the recreate a Technic Lamborghini from scratch challenge, which I I don't even know how any of you attempted this. When he started explaining it, I was so convinced it was a joke. Like, I really felt like he was like, oh, um, you know, recreate this car. lol. you know, like I, I I, couldn't wait for the other shoe to drop, but it never dropped. And, and so I, I had to reorganize my notes because I wasn't taking notes on it because I kept thinking it was going to be a joke. Um, but you guys won that, which gave you a 30 second advantage in the later on de- demolition derby. So take me back to that moment. You know, you're, you're raring to go. Everyone's already like, um you know beating each other up in the arena you know to take me back there
1: <laughs> yeah i suppose this is my place to talk Probably uh, I'd love a spectators of you on this
2: um <laughs> uh, comment in so
1: mm-hmm. i I suppose it's just the perfect combination of adrenaline and overconfidence from, <laughs> from winning that first challenge, right? And it goes to create this perfect storm of whatever it is happened out there on the demolition floor. Um, I, I was convinced, yes, that we could we could finally win this thing. And boy, we did pretty much the exact opposite. Um, and I would love to tell you that I did that on purpose, right? I would love to sit here and tell you that I did that on purpose and retain some of my dignity. And it, it, it was, it was I, I remember my mind going completely. Blank. and there's no brakes on those cars. Right. I'm just like, uh, how do I break? How do I break? And it was, it was long gone <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Never wants to, Crossed my mind like, oh, maybe I should turn to the right and hit the wall or something instead. It was God. It was, it was yeah. just God.
0: Well, you know, the good news is is that you had locked in your wife before it aired. You know, so she never saw that mega embarrassment before you guys got married. So that that was a maybe helpful in that instance. No, I'll, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Jacob, you know, what about what about for you? You know, you know, you're like sort of a, a spectator on the sideline. There's nothing you can do. I mean, did you almost feel like your life in the game was soaring off that cliff? Yeah, it was. uh, I I think my first reaction to Caleb, I like tapped his shoulder. I'm like,
2: "What was that? Like, (laughs) what was that driving thing?" Like, I was. Dude, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, it was. At least we lasted 35 seconds, is what I tell myself. Um, And I don't think we were. And actually, after um, watching it on TV. I saw that Caleb did hit one car, hit Maria and Phillip's car. Initially, I thought he mi- absolutely missed everyone. So <laughs> he, he sideswiped one car on the way out. So there's a little bit of,
0: wow, well done, Caleb. Yeah. I got you. Well, in some ways it was unlucky that no one got in your way. I mean, yeah. like even by accident, someone could have gotten in your way, but nope, you just had that perfect, uh, you know, Shopping. clean open, you know, to the cliff edge. So, uh, but listen, it made a classic TV moment. Like you said, you wanted to be memorable. You wanted to, you know, bring some of that spice, you know, to the season and you definitely did. But, you know, you mentioned a little bit about the hourglass build, you know, the actual finale build. And so I wanted to talk through that one, of course, you know, to get your to get a sense of kind of how that one came together. You know, we've heard that sometimes people come into this finale with a few thoughts about it, but it almost felt like your build was the most day and night uh, themed, and so I'm curious to get your thoughts. you know, when you, did you come up with this concept after hearing the challenge? Had you noodled around this idea beforehand? You know, I'd love to just get your sense about how this idea came together.
1: Sure. Um, so the night before we began shooting the finale, uh, I had Jacob over in my hotel room, and we watched through the season one finale um, because never before <laughs> had we figured that we'd actually get into the finale. <laughs> and so we had no ideas of what we wanted to do. Um, We wanted to do something with some sort of duality, right? And Jacob suggested the idea of an hourglass, uh, which has two parts in one. And there were so many um, opportunities with a vessel like this. Like, did we want to have like moving sand in the middle? Or how did we want to bring this to life? Would it just be part of a larger world? Or would it be the world itself and we eventually decided on we would create this truly epic frame finale sized hourglass um, and. Jacob would build his world in in his vision, and I would build mine in mine. Um, and they would they would meet together in the middle somehow. And that was pretty much, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. The about the gist of the idea we had going into the finale. Yeah, we were gonna wing the rest. Like we'd figure it out as we went. Um, <laughs> and that flexibility maybe worked in our favor, and that we were able to embrace the challenge a bit more. Um, But I do think at the same time, we still were making stuff up kind of on the go, which wasn't as great of a place to be as, whereas Mark and Steven knew exactly what they were going to build and they just put lights into it. And that was kind of their um, expression of the day, night theme, whereas we took it very, very literally, which in retrospect, um, I don't know. I don't think we would have done that again. I think we would have stayed a little more true to ourselves as people when creating those two hemispheres. Right. Um, so, so yeah, there, it it goes both ways. I, I, I love our concept at the end of the day. Um, I, maybe this is a bit cocky of me, but I, I, firmly believe we had the best concept in the room. I do not believe we had the best execution of our concept. That was hands down, Mark and Steven, and they totally deserved the win. But yeah. I, I really liked our idea. I just wish we had maybe thought about it just a little bit more.
0: Well and I, I think to your point, like uh, the concept, the day and night of it all may have gotten in your way a little bit. Yeah. Um, because you had like the the shining city, the dark city, you know, the dark area. And you know, maybe to your point that was a more of a literal interpretation that sort of prevented you from fully living it out. But the hourglass concept, like, I don't want you to um, take this too lightly. Like that was so impressive. I mean, that was something I've never seen before. I think the judges were like, thought it was a really daring risk to flip the whole thing upside down. I mean, I really, I don't know. I, I was getting so excited when you guys put that together. Cause I really, I really believed in that concept too. So uh, you have a lot to be proud of from a concept standpoint, but you know, Jacob, the lighting was obviously a big part of the challenge, you know, and I know that incorporating it in two different halves and all those sort of things. I know there was a smattering of official Lego lights and third party lights and all these sort of things. You know, talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges that came with trying to do that, you know, challenge of integrating the lights. The
2: biggest thing that we struggled with is because of the hourglass, we really confined ourselves on the space side of things. We could not build out or anything. So we had to fit the lights in. (laughs) and it was very very hard to find room and string the lights up through things like the trees up on the top half we had lights in those had to like the bases of the lights were like hidden in rocks somewhere like the battery boxes there um yeah so it was very hard to like find room in the very small places we had and also on the bottom too for caleb because he had the big motion part and sure that takes up a lot of space to get those gears and have that whole thing spinning and you gotta find a room for lights in there yeah we mainly use like the third party string lights which helped a lot with it but on the top the hard part was also because we had the bottom two we had like the motion so we needed a place for the powered up battery box and we needed two of them one on the top and one on the bottom so, <laughs> sure. so size was our biggest issue on the whole light yeah thing.
0: well and the hard part is because of those kind of uh spherical structures you lose space on the underside of the bottom and the top side of the top, you know, cause you can't build flat on either of those spots. So yeah, it was a, uh it was like, like you said, the, the concept was like almost too good that it uh, pigeonholed you in certain ways to be able to like fulfill, you know, those ideas you might've had or the lights like you would have liked to, just because of uh, how unique of a shape it ended up being. But it was a really cool, you know, obviously concept, but obviously being in the finale is its own unique thing. You got to talk to your family a little bit. You know, what was it like to finally get to, you know, have them be brought in a little bit on this experience and, you know, even find out maybe that you were in the finale. Um, yeah, I'm just curious to get your thoughts about what it was like to see them
1: yeah so i, I think it, it varies from viewer to viewer but i i knew a lot of people um when i went to church for instance they while the season is airing they'd be like oh are you going back next sunday to georgia to film the next episode <laughs> i'm like oh no 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 um it, it's it's back to back to back to back no breaks um so by the time the finale had rolled around uh, I, we had not seen our family in six plus weeks, uh, almost seven weeks. Um, and Jacob and I were at college, so we didn't see our family a whole lot. Um, but my fiance, who I was used to seeing every day in class, you know, um, that was, that was especially hard. Uh, I had not been away from her for quite that long in some time. Uh, so, and you must understand that the, the emotional pressure that comes from a competition at this caliber um <laughs> and also just the lack of sleep um, it, it's it's easy to get us a little uh, emotional on set right <laughs> um so you know seeing uh, our all of our family together you know uh in one room even with the two pugs, uh, the newest family members. Um, yeah, that's that's super powerful, and you know it, it's funny seeing them doing their 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 script. You know that they're very rehearsed. It, it, was, it was it was cheesy and uh, but so authentic to to my our family. And uh, yeah, it's it's hard not to get a little teary eyed when seeing them, knowing that they're back home. You know they've been oblivious to what's happening this whole time but they they're still rooting for us cheering for us they're gonna be there to pick us up at the airport no matter what um and <laughs> these ultimately are the people who supported our lego hobby for so many years the the people who got us into it by dumping that big pile of quattro on the floor for us to lay and here <laughs> one and a half of our lives um but who set aside so much room in the house just be stumped Lego upon, you know, and (laughs) they made a lot of sacrifices uh, so that we could just live out our Lego dreams. Uh, And so uh, it was it was great to have them support us on our 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 biggest Lego endeavor together. Um, and of course um I, I love seeing my fiance uh that that hit me really really hard uh when they took us into the interview room I, they they brought it up again and i i was bawling and uh, and I, I there's a moment where i say i'm so sorry i i, I can't I can't talk right now. <laughs> I, I don't even know what's happening. Um, But uh, it, it was cool to have that moment. You know, we would have loved to have them fly down to set like season of one, but course. it was, it was never going to happen in the, the current environment. And I understand that. Um, but it was really cool to still feel the potency of that, that moment, even though it was all virtual and, and pre-recorded, it was still really powerful and moving and, um, ultimately encouraging, you know, to get through the last 12 hours or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, you know, you know, obviously, you know, the challenge and the judging, it didn't work out the way that you both would want it to. And certainly a lot of us at home, you know, had a big, I had a big bet. I had, you know, I, I'd selected you I'm as my so winning sorry. team. <laughs> I, I lost 20 whole dollars guys. So, you know, feel free to then me back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But, you know, but, you know, talk to me that just about, you know, Jacob, you know, what did it mean to you? You know, you, you got third place in the biggest Lego competition. You know, wh- what did this whole experience mean to you? You know, now looking back and having watched it all back? Well, first off,
2: got me out of my dark ages. So that's good for all the Lego fans out there. But it was just a great experience. All in all, we met 22 new great best friends. And now we're meeting more you uh, leaving our... <laughs> Um, and so just lots of connections, getting us out, me out into a community that like, I've really, I had fallen out to fallen out of being the dark ages kid. And now get to go to all these conventions and everything like that. Meet people, inspire the next generation too of Lego builders out there. Teach them like how, what a great tool it is for just learning in general and expressing yourself creatively and, and in any other ways.
0: Yeah, I know for sure. Um, And I'm glad that you think meeting me is any amount of a highlight of your experience. But uh, uh, it's so funny. I always like I always joke with everyone because I talk about you all so much. I feel like I know you. And so when I get this chance to talk to you one on one, for me, it feels really normal. And for you, it's like, well, who's this weirdo that has all these questions. Um, But uh, I hope you feel like I'm another friend you made along the way. So thank you for that, Jacob. That was generous. Um, But uh, Caleb, you know, what did this mean to you?
1: First, a little side note here. Um, I don't remember exactly when this was, uh, but it was many, many years ago, but somebody handed a talk bricks business card to me at a brick world, Chicago convention, probably back in 2014, 2015. And I'm guessing that person was you. That so, was me. <laughs> I I don't have the card anymore. I'm very sorry. I have no idea what happened to it,
0: but I <laughs> I'll give you another one. That I, have a, I have a. Th- I I I do remember handing out all the cards. I'll give you another card because I ordered like 600 million cards cuz you know they're very cheap from, you know, whatever website I bought them from. And it was like right when I started my YouTube channel and I went to Brickworld Chicago to hand out cards and like sort of like cold call lego fans on the spot and be like so vulnerable and put myself out there to try to get people to subscribe to my youtube channel which at the time only had like a thousand subscribers which which i was still very proud of but it was um but that was like a, a crazy thing i did back then as like a you know a man on the street trying to you know grow his youtube channel but that is so funny that that you were one of the people who i i bothered with my business card so that is like no, the best story ever at all.
1: i i remember going home and thinking like what Wow, it's so cool. There's a Lego YouTube channel out there, <laughs> and I sub. <laughs> uh, so that that was that was pretty fun. So yes, I. I I remember that moment. I have no idea why, but I, I don't think it was just cool to be, you know, handed something at a convention. <laughs> I was <laughs> It's like,
0: wow, this guy thinks I'm special. Yeah, and and, so, and and also it's great to be handed something that's not a cult or a scam or, you know, yeah, something like that. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, like I didn't have to give you any money. I just had to click a button and watch some videos. <laughs> and, you know, like I was still figuring out how to come by my Lego information at the time, so it was it was a great in for me. So I appreciate that, um, but anyway, back to the question, <laughs> which had something is it was something important, something about um, our experience on the show. Yes, <laughs> um, but I, Jacob and I left Lego Masters, I, I think, with only positive experiences, and yes, it was the hardest thing we've ever done. It to all those up and coming Lego Masters out there, Lego Masters is extremely difficult. <laughs> um, it is a test for the mind, body and soul uh, in, in every way. Uh, and but I would do it again. I, I hope I don't have to for a while <laughs> or ever. but I would totally do it again. So yeah hit hit me up Endemol for uh, the the reunion show sometime. Uh, but I loved more than anything that Jacob and I were able to embrace every challenge in such a fun and positive way. Um, And I have a number of people to thank for that. I remember Jen specifically, talk to us a lot about like she was having a tough time like she was wearing heels half the time <laughs> her feet were sore aye, aye, and aye. like you know and i think of some of the things that she's just dealing with that chick and i are just not you know like we have nothing to complain about we are we are living our dream in the dreams of so many others and so why not embrace this moment and enjoy it because it's going to end one way or the other. You know, whether you get cut episode one or you make it to the finale, uh, Lego Masters doesn't last forever. And even while we're enjoying our, our time of relative fame now, we're, we're getting paid to go to conventions um, and have we have all these amazing opportunities. That too is going to end. Um, and so just taking a breath. And looking around and saying like, wow, how, how did this happen? And like just being grateful, I got to spend this time with my brother because we hadn't had moments like this, you know, in a long time. You know, we had both been off to college for the last four years at separate colleges in opposite directions from our hometown. And Jacob had been out of Lego for so long. And getting back together for the most epic send off <laughs> I could ever imagine to our childhood together um, is something I obviously will never forget. And it's something I'm going to forever cherish uh, because it doesn't get any better than that. You know, it really uh, doesn't.
0: That's amazing. So well said. Um, well, you know. I'm so, you know, you guys have so much to be proud of, you know, with what you were able to do on the show. You were such a fun, you know, uplifting presence for us who got to watch it week to week. So congratulations. Third place is like nothing to... uh to slouch about. I mean, you guys have a lot to be really proud of. Um, And thank you both for joining me. This was such a fun breakdown. You know, I, you know, this is just, uh, like I said, it's a treat for me. I I finally get to talk to, you know, my friends who don't know me. Um, You know, so this is always a good thing for me too. Um, But thank you both for the time and for, um, and for giving us all this great context.
1: Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. This has
2: been fun. Uh, Thanks for having us. Our new best friend, you know.
0: Oh my God, you, you guys heard it. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's, I, oh my God, I'm going to faint. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but thank you so much again. This was such, a, so much fun. And listen, hopefully there'll be a season three and we'll have you both back to recap an episode with us.
1: That would be so awesome.
0: <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, perfect. Thanks, guys. I had a ton of fun breaking everything down with Caleb and Jacob and really just getting to spend some time with them. They're really a lot of fun. Not to mention, I don't know if I'll ever get over that story about me meeting Caleb a long time ago at the convention. But if you're having as much fun with the post-season interviews as I have, be sure to stay tuned because I'll have another team coming up next. So if you want to follow along with the podcast, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it now. And if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review as it really helps others find the podcast. If you want even more Lego content, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks, where I cover the Lego news for the week every Saturday. And you can follow the channel on all social media platforms with the username at Talk Bricks. And if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, it's Talk Bricks. Masters and on Twitter it's TB Masters. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next time.